Hi, everyone, and welcome to High Tea Hoops. I'm Skylar Smith, and you can catch me on the Bird app at the Duchess of Hoops. Hey, everyone, I'm Brian Boucher, and you can catch me across all social media, including Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter, Skylar, at the Duke of Hoops. I'm working on it. We are so excited for our first series, the Casual UK Fan Guide to NBA Teams. In this series, we're going to be running through the 22 NBA teams competing in Orlando to help you decide who to root for in the bubble. We'll keep the statistics and game analysis a little bit light while focusing more on the stuff that makes fans fans, whether the team is winning or not. I unfortunately didn't have a ton of choice in my fanship. I grew up in a Pistons household in Michigan. But Brian, you moved around a lot growing up. You lived in L.A. You could have been a Lakers fan. You you lived in Indiana. You could have been a Pacers fan. But you committed to the Nuggets when you were living in Denver and you stuck with them. When you were a kid, what about the Nuggets made you think this is going to be my team forever? Well, the reason I'm such a big NBA fan is because I have lived across the states in a lot of different cities. So I've got to see a lot of different teams play. But I moved to Denver when I was seven, a little bit of a nerdy kid. And I wore these kind of like really long white tube socks that were not cool. And there was a player on the Nuggets, Bobby Jackson, Action Jackson, who wore these really long white tube socks as well when he played. And he made me feel a lot cooler. Uh, And that sealed the deal, made me a lifelong Denver Nuggets fan. Yes, that's the stuff we want. Being a fan of a team is about so much more than championships and rings, and that's what we're hoping to fill in here. We'll be touching on team personalities, beefs, nicknames, Premier League team equivalents, and more. We'll be starting from the bottom of the rankings, so bear with us with the Washington Wizards and making our way up to the Bucks at number one. You can check back every day, though, for a new episode. Let's spill the tea. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to High Tea Hoops. This is Skylar. This is Brian Boucher at the Duke of Hoops. We already did that in the intro, Brian. I know. I like to remind people. Okay, Let's keep it rolling. Really hammering it home. All right. Welcome back to the Casual UK Fan Guide to NBA Teams. We're doing the Spurs today. Yes. I love that they're this early. Yes, me too. It feels really weird to have them this early. It is. It feels so weird to go Wizard Sun Spurs. Yeah, and uh, spoiler alert, the Kings are up next, which is going to be really weird after the Spurs. Yeah, not a great year for the Spurs. No. Brian, so what do you think about when you hear the name Spurs? Excellence, uh, consistency, fundamentals. This team has dominated my entire life, starting with the David Robinson era going through Tim Duncan, Coach Pop, Big Three. The Spurs just cannot lose. And no matter what team members they have, uh, no matter how people think they're going to play that season, they just consistently dominate and do well. And I've always had a lot of respect for the Spurs. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs have a lot of respect for the uh, for the, the Tottenham, Tottenham Spurs the as well. Hotspur as well. Uh, yeah. But for me, being a Nuggets fan growing up, the Spurs were just excellence and mm-hmm. was always jealous of their team. Yeah. It's kind of like what I said with Steve Nash and the Suns. Like when I just think about the NBA that I watched growing up, like the Spurs are just such a big part of that lexicon. I think about like Ginobili's bald spot. I think about <laughs> Eva Longoria going to games with Tony Parker's name bedazzled on her jeans. I just, there's so much to pull from. Yeah. And for me, it was David Robinson and Tim Duncan playing together, uh, which was incredible. And then, of course, Kawhi, a young Kawhi taking down LeBron in the finals. Baby Kawhi. Baby, little baby Kawhi. Little baby Kawhi. Uh, 
which I loved them destroying them. The, the remember when they wouldn't turn the air? They're like there were rumors that they uh, they turned the air conditioner off and it made LeBron cramp up <laughs> and overheat in the finals. I'm, I mean, uh, honestly, good strategy. Seriously, can't take the heat, LeBron. Kawhi's going to take your take your W. Don't do that. All right, let's get into it. Um, reasons to root for the Spurs. I mean, there's plenty. It's a lot. There's plenty. Um, but let's start with the most obvious. Let's start with the coaches. Mm-hmm. Coach Pop is iconic. Agreed? Agreed. Yeah. Keep going. I want to hear he just, more. He's just – he is like literally a living legend. Like I'm honestly so thankful that I am growing up at the same time – or not grow, – we're not growing up <laughs> at the same time, but I'm so thankful that I'm alive at the same time as Coach Pop. He's your president. Basically, basically, pop for pop for prez every single uh, every Kerr. single election. Yeah, pop and pitch Kerr. Yeah, I mean he he's just he's iconic. He's one of the best NBA coaches of all time. But then he's also just like he just he takes no shit. He's just he. I just love him. He's I been dunking that. on he's, Trump he's a lot so, lately. Yeah, he loves dunking on political figures. Big fighter for social justice yeah. uh, and equality. Uh, so yeah, pop is not only one of the greatest coaches, as you said, but, um, a great person, just a good role model to look up to in sport and as a human being. Yep. Also very good at hiring other coaches, which leads us yep. to the next reason why you should root for the Spurs. Quick Becky, question before we jump there, Brian, I just want to, I, I know you're going to unload on this one. So I just, you have, you know, he was rated the third best coach of all time for the yeah. NBA. Who are the top two? Who's better than Pop? That's a good question. Phil right? Jackson? Yeah, Phil Jackson was number one. Number one. They have Pat Riley, number two. Who's number two? Get your butts in. Red Auerbach. Okay, that makes sense. Pat Riley's number four. Okay, good company. But Coach Pop's not done yet, so who knows? Nope. He still has time to climb. All right, here's your crescendo. Great okay. at hiring. Who does he hire? Becky Hammond. Is one badass bitch. I love her. I love her. Okay, so Becky Hammond, she played for San Antonio. She played for New York in the WNBA. She gets injured. She's a little bit later in her career. I think she's like late 20s, maybe early 30s. I'm not sure. She gets injured. She's playing in San Antonio at the time. So while she's recovering, she starts attending Spurs practices, Spurs coaches meetings. She's kind of just hanging around. She's injured. She doesn't have a ton to do. Pop starts inviting her to stuff. He's regularly encouraging her to contribute opinions, which at the time was unheard of for a woman to be doing. Still kind of unheard of, to be honest, except for the NBA. her. Um, and so she's regularly contributing to these coaches' meetings while she's injured. She's still thinking about going back to the WNBA. Pop is so impressed by the opinion she's throwing out there. He hires her as an assistant coach. She's on the, she's on the coaching staff to this day. Was she the first assistant coach, um, uh, women's assistant coach in NBA history? So it said that she was the second, but the first one, it was like, it was like for like a practice squad. It was like, I feel like she should be considered the number one because it was, it's not really like the same thing, what Mm -hmm. they're saying one and two were doing. Well, and she's, you know, she's seriously a contender to be a head coach in the NBA someday, which is pretty amazing. Doris Burke has said, like, she will be a head coach one day. She was being considered for the next job. 
Mm-hmm. Becky yep. Hammond, please don't take the next job. Becky Hammond's amazing. Becky uh, Hammond is amazing. Pop. Pop hires a ton of good coaches. It's kind of like get under Pop, uh, get your assistant coaching years in, and then you can yep. go off to head coach really anywhere else. Like Steve Kerr, assistant coach under Pop. Yeah. And Pop's pretty legendary for if you've ever been in that Spurs family, building that culture. And so if you're on the road, so when when Pop goes and, and plays the Warriors, they'll go out to dinner. He's he's well known for his uh, his taste in wine and expensive wine and Sheesh. taking the teams out to dinner little sheesh on the side there for, for pop and every teammate, uh, every team member, he takes out to dinner when they go out and he keeps it a Spurs family. So this tone that we've set in this podcast could not be more different than the sons and the wizards Truly, <laughs> with just our adoration for the Spurs. <laughs> uh, but they are, are they the most successful sports franchise in us history winning percentage wise? I think they're, they're in like the top three, if they're not number one of the winningest best franchise of all time for any sport franchise across um, all franchises. Yep. Wow. And I think, you know, pops a huge reason for that and the culture that he builds and the coaches he brings in. Yeah. When you think about pops coaching style, what do you think about? Uh, he's very cheeky. Yep. Loves playing practical jokes. I remember once he, uh, when uh, hack, you know, hack a shack was really popular. Uh, when everyone would foul Shaquille O'Neal uh, <laughs> to shoot free throws because he couldn't make free throws. He told his team to foul Shaq within five seconds of the game <laughs> starting, which is usually reserved for the end of the game. <laughs> and he like two of his players mauled Shaq within five <laughs> seconds of the tip. And the referee was like, what's good? Shaq is like looking around confused and pops on the side, like nodding at Shaq, <laughs> like so pleased with himself. So he's very cheeky. Um, he gives players a lot of power. Um, mm-hmm. so he's really a player's coach, but he's rooted in those fundamentals, uh, yeah. rooted in building the culture and kind of like what we saw with Phil Jackson, the last dance where he wants to bring the team together to play team basketball, mm-hmm. um, which for some players doesn't work, you know, didn't work for Richard Def- Jefferson. Um, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work famously for some players. Kawhi wanted out, yep. but overall it has led to that culture of success within the team. Totally. It's he's kind of like opposite on the court and off the court, like off the court. He's Mm -hmm. very cheeky, very fun. And on the court, it's like fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Let's play the team game. Not flashy. Totally. Um, Okay. Moving on. Let's get into some Spurs history. So would you like to just express your adoration for David Robinson for a minute? (laughs) The Admiral, I just love David David Robinson, you know, through the the dream team, um, just like the most chiseled specimen of a human you could <laughs> possibly imagine. You know, me growing up, that was incredible. Uh, and just him kind of starting the 30-year run that the Spurs have had yeah. um, and kind of being that calm, collected. Uh, I think he got a quadruple double at one point too. What does that even mean? Points, rebounds, assists, and blocks all over 10, 10 or over. Wow. I think he's one of the few people that have done that. Uh, I'm going to fact check that while you go on to the <laughs> next segment. Um, but he was just an incredible person to follow in the in the 90s um, yeah. before Tim Duncan. Was he around long enough for to get a ring in San Antonio? Um, yeah, he was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Congrats. for sure. Good for him. Yep, he did have a quadruple double. Yep. Um. So – 
I kind of think of Spurs history. Spurs fans might get mad at me for this, but I kind of think of Spurs history starting with David Robinson. Mm-hmm. I don't. I truly don't. That's a good remember. time to start. I I truly don't know anything about the Spurs before that point. I mean George Gervin, so the Ice Man, one of the greatest players in NBA history. He, it was he had a, a really long era there. Could score on anyone. Um, but you know, for modern history, let's start with uh, David Robinson era. Yeah. So the Spurs end up drafting Timmy Dunks, our guy, number one in 1997, also the year that gave us me. Um, yeah. So anyways. Is he your spirit player? No. There were no. plenty of players drafted in 97 that I would probably take over Tim Duncan. but um, That's another podcast. <laughs> they draft Timmy Duncan. We kind of get the big three the Ginobili, Parker, Duncan era. Um, one of the most consistently good teams throughout the aughts and throughout the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just one of the teams that I like literally think of the most when I think of the NBA growing up. Like they were just, they were so dominant. So San Antonio didn't win any championships prior to 1999 and they've won five cents. Mm-hmm. which is crazy and is pretty much because of this group. Yeah. And it, the, the situation that gave them both Tim Duncan and David Robinson is pretty insane where they were already an incredible team uh, in the, throughout the nineties because of David Robinson. And then David Robinson got hurt yeah. uh, the season before the draft. So it was like the perfect tank that could possibly happen um, that they did unintentionally. Yeah. And then they had, the number one pick magically fall on their lap. Yep. It happened to be Tim Duncan. Uh, Tim Duncan could have gone the year before in the draft, but he promised his mother who passed away when he was a teenager that he would finish school. Oh. So he finished school and then went into this draft to land with the Spurs. So there's a lot of fate happening with them landing with both David Robinson and Tim Duncan and then winning in 1999, uh, 2003, and kind of kicking off a new era with like a seamless transition between championship dynasties. Yep. Perfect, perfect fit for this team too. Timmy Dunks, oh, yes, super focus on fundamentals as well. Not a flashy player. He's gonna go out and he's gonna do his thing. But you're not gonna. It's Tim Duncan is like one of those players where like you'd get to like the fourth quarter and you would see his stats and you'd be like, wait, when did that all happen? Because he just like would quietly just run his numbers up and just lead the team. Yep. And then they got baby Kawhi. To close Little off the uh, dominant Spurs era. Little baby Kawhi. Little baby Kawhi. What, finals MVP at, he must have, what, 23? He was young. He was in his early That's 20s when he got finals MVP. My whole life just flashed before my eyes when you just said that yeah. because I am currently 23. And yep. I'm doing a lot of things, but I'm certainly not the NBA finals. Certainly MVP. not. Yeah, exactly. What do you think about when you think about this big three? Because personally, the first thing that comes up for me is like Ginobili's left hand out, Ginobili's bald spot. It's like not it's like funny things that comes up first. Uh, I think about their hijinks on the bench together. Yep. Because the cutaways to them playing pranks on each other on the bench are hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I think about Tony Parker layups and never shooting three pointers and just slashing constantly. Young Tony Parker, too. Uh, I think of 
mostly now it's like Tim Duncan being uh, just like needs grease on all of his limbs and he just can't <laughs> bend his body, but he's still putting up thirties and twenties and thirties and tens yeah. in the playoffs year after year, just so consistent, not flashy at all. Uh, so I, you know, there's a very lovable trio. Yep. And it's kind of this trio that is the reason why the Spurs have kind of always traditionally been thought of as like a very old team compared to a lot of the other teams in the NBA. It's interesting though, because that's really shifting now. They've got a pretty young roster right now. Yeah. They're definitely in kind of a reinvention time. Yep. With like Luca and Keldon Johnson and an incredible name, Quindary Weatherspoon. I think he'll be a big one for the UK. Who are these people? These are their young guys now. They've got a young squad now. Do they ever play? They're going to in the bubble. That's all that matters. But actually, if you're from the UK and you're looking for like a squad and a player to support, I'm definitely going for the one whose last name is Weatherspoon. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, Moving on. Their starting lineup, DeMar DeRozan. Love him. LaMarcus Aldridge, Drew Eubanks, Trey Lyles, Bryn Forbes. Wow. It's kind of a weird lineup considering who they've got on the bench as well. They've got DeJounte Murray, Rudy Gay. Yeah, it's a weird team. So it's very weird to see these names because they're not very Spursy. You know how how you traditionally think about the Spurs. Uh, They're not very good, which is why they're third now in our lineup. Yep. And, you know, the Spurs usually are on top of like advanced analytics and you know, they were a very modern team shooting a lot of threes, a lot of spacing, a lot of teamwork, yeah. you know, before the warriors and DeMar DeRozan is not known for that. All mid range jumpers. Rudy Gay is not known for that. Aldridge is not known for that. They picked very inefficient players who play a very old school game based on kind of what the Spurs did through the last few decades. Yeah. Um, so it's very weird. It's always been weird for me to see DeRozan, especially because he's a big Raptors guy mm-hmm. uh, on the Spurs. Same with Aldridge. And you don't, we don't actually, in the States, we don't get a lot of coverage of the Spurs. Um, so you actually don't see them on TV that often. Yeah, that's true. They kind of fly under the radar. I think with DeRozan, though, it was going to be weird seeing him in any other jersey than a Raptors jersey. I don't know if it's like yeah. a Spurs thing. I, like thinking about DeRozan in any jersey other than a Raptors jersey was going to be weird. Yeah, but I do love DeJounte Murray. Um, he played at Washington, uh, University of Washington. So I got to see him play too a few times. So uh, I got to see him play uh, as well as kind of the Suns, DeAndre Ayton, one of their top, one of the number one pick. Yeah. Um, and you could just see him freak athlete, uh, incredible point guard. And he struggled with injuries the last couple of years, but I'm excited for him to get back on the court and kind of make a comeback here. Same. Okay, so let's talk about the Spurs in the bubble. So they're 12th in the West. Um, There's actually been a lot of chatter about Coach Pop potentially sitting out from the bubble or coaching via Zoom, which is crazy to me. Um, He's 71 years old, so it's it's pretty risky for him. Um, He's obviously come out and said that he, of course, wants to go to the bubble and, of course, wants to coach. And I... Honestly, I don't see anyone stopping Pop. So if if they somehow find a way to keep Pop out, well, let's talk about who would step in. So just based on like hierarchy and like just the way his coaching staff is laid out, it would seem that Becky Hammond would step in for him. 
which would be incredible because she's their longest tenured head coach. Mm -hmm. But in early March 2020, Pop had to miss a game for personal reasons. And so he was out and Tim Duncan actually stepped in. So we actually don't really know who it would be that would step in. Who would you want to see? I'd want to see Becky Hammond. Um, Obviously, I I would like to see her be a head coach in the NBA. So kind of showcasing her in the bubble when there are so many eyes on these games. um, And the focus can be on the coaches and management and players a lot more than normal. Um, I'd love to see Becky there. Uh, You know, if Tim and Becky kind of are trading off or there's different, you know, that they work together on it. You know, Tim's a great presence to have on the bench with that team. Yeah. But I'd like to see Becky. Same. 100%. Um, also just like Tim Duncan's just resting face. He looks so confused, like that big wide-eyed Tim Duncan look. That's not who I want to look to my bench and see. I want to see <laughs> Becky Hammond. Becky Hammond's intense. I will bring the energy if Becky Hammond is my coach. I don't know if I can get my energy up for Timmy Dunks as my coach, yeah. honestly. And you pulled the stat um, where they only have a 2.9% chance of being the eighth seed. Yep. So if it's so low... You know, and so there's not really that much at risk for the Spurs right now. You know, give Becky some reps yeah, um, totally. in a pretty low risk environment to kind of, you know, take that pressure on in a very weird environment. Um, I would definitely support that. Totally. So they're slated eight games um, and they're pretty tough. We got the Sixers, yeah. the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Rockets, the Kings, the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. And the Sixers, Nuggets, Jazz and Rockets are all playoff locks already. The Kings, Grizzlies... And- and the Pelicans are—they're all playing against the Spurs for that final playoff spot. Yeah, and you know all these playoff locks are not coasting really. You no. know, other than kind of the top seeds, they're trying to battle for those top seeds because yeah. you know the bottom end is really tailing off. So they want to play the Nets. They want to play you know some of the lower seeded Western Conference teams bad. Yeah. Um, you know, so even though there's not home court advantage in the bubble, they still want to get those top seeds, and they're not going to be you know coasting until the end of the restart. Yep. Totally. They'll they'll also be missing Lamarcus Aldridge, which is tough. He's coming back from shoulder surgery. Um. Okay. Some cool stories from this year. Um. Patty Mills, our guy, he has come out. He's donating all of his salary from the bubble to uh, Black Lives Matter and other organizations in Australia that are fighting racism, which is, I think is amazing. It's going to end wow. up being over a million dollars which is kind of just crazy to go Patty Mills, go Patty Mills. And finally we can wrap up on one of my favorite moments from this season. The bats. Let's talk about the bats. San Antonio seems to have some sort of bat infants infestation problem in their stadium. This has happened a couple times. Um, But my favorite one was there. It was the, very beginning of a game against the Pelicans. They had like literally just tipped off. It was like six, three. It was like a super low score. They had just started and a bunch of bats literally just like fly down from, uh, I don't know, the ceiling, wherever the bats. There's always bats in San Antonio. They have a bat problem. Seriously. This is not a joke. It's the, it's the arena thing. Yeah. But is it like a, is it a Texas thing? Yeah. There are a lot of bats in Texas. Okay. Um, these bats start flying around. The players are terrified. Like it was some of the funniest footage I've seen, like seeing Rudy Gay just running around so scared of these bats. I thought it was incredible. Um, it always happens. Manu famously caught one with his bare hand. 
during Absolute a game. Legend. Uh, bats are a problem. It's hilarious to see their hijinks during games and players getting really scared of them and running away. Yeah. So the game against the Pelicans, it was right before the NBA shut down because of coronavirus. It was in like February, I think. Um, the Spurs mascot, whose name is the Coyote, came out with a giant net and the mascot actually caught the bat with yep. his giant net, which yes, he did. I just don't know. Like, I don't. I'm not confident that I could catch a bat with a net, just like in a normal situation. I don't know how you're doing it. Like in that insane costume, like you can barely see. It's so hot. You're like you kind of don't have like complete control of your limbs because you've got these like big paws on. I am thoroughly impressed with the coyote. Amazing mascot. Maybe not as good as Go the Gorilla with his dunks, but pretty impressive still. I think that the Coyote has more, they're more useful skills, but they're definitely not as fun. Fair. Fair. So basically, why should people root for the Spurs in the bubble? Uh, For me, you know, San Antonio is a small market team. They're in San Antonio. Uh, I think this is the only sports franchise that they've had uh, that actually lasts there for long periods of time. So it's their only only team that they support. Uh, very loyal fan base over time. You know, our guy Shea Serrano uh, <laughs> at the Ringer and yep. basketball and other things. Famous Twitter follow. One of their super fans. They have a lot of great super fans. Yep. And these these fans are passionate and they have a history of success and winning. Uh, you know, we're not, we're super biased in these podcasts. Obviously, totally. obviously we're, we're not real journalists. We're not covering these with any, you know, objectivity or, or, or any respect for the team. Um, but they have an incredible management team, incredible owner. They always win. It's kind of a dynasty. You know, if I did the premier league equivalent, you know, you're looking at like the Manchester United where they just have so many championships and they're always good. Um, they're definitely in like the top six of NBA teams every year. And uh, they have a young core now, so you can kind of get in early to a traditionally uncool team. You know, they don't get covered a whole lot because they're in a San Antonio, a smaller market. And you can kind of see this reinvention of the Spurs moving forward. Um, but again, they're not likely to make the playoffs. So this is more of a long-term deal than it is, you know, rooting for for the long haul during this restart. Yeah. I think bringing up Shea is a great point because, you know, I think to a certain extent, like, Whatever your celebrity fan, whoever your celebrity fan is for your team, it doesn't matter that much, honestly. Like, it's going to be for pictures. It's kind of like, it's cool if you have someone cool. Like, Phil Mickelson with the Suns is like, all right, it's not that cool. But, like, there's some that are like, okay, that's like Drake and the Raptors, that's cool. But Mm -hmm. they're not actually, like, benefiting you that much. With Shea, it definitely benefits you if you're a Spurs fan that Shea is, like, the most famous celebrity who's a Spurs fan because he will talk yes. his shit on Twitter, which you can just like retweet Such all day long. Follow. Yeah, it's fantastic. And who wouldn't want someone like that just like talking shit for their team all the time? Yep, totally agree. Shay is a great reason to support the Spurs. Um, but you know, my biggest pitch for the Spurs is always going to be pop and Becky and Timmy Dunks on that bench. I think they're an iconic trio. They're all amazing coaches. Um, they've pop has been, you know, he's probably the best in the game right now. He's probably the third best of all time. 
um, just iconic, just dunking on Trump at all times, just incredible. Becky Hammond, she's going to be the first female NBA head coach. I can't wait. I hope it's not for the Knicks. Sorry, Knicks fans, but (laughs) Becky deserves better. Um, And, you know, I'm just I'm kind of a sucker for team fundamental basketball. You know, it's the league is so flashy right now, and I love it. Like, I'll watch Harden just knock down threes and do nothing else all game. Like, I love the flash of the NBA right now, but at the end of the day, I'm such a sucker for just like a team, a team oriented team. Yep. Love those Spurs. Coys. And they always get confused for the for the hot Spurs. So Yeah. If you're a Tottenham fan, this is it's a no brainer. Yeah, if you're Arsenal, maybe don't go for the Spurs. It might be against uh everything that you stand for. But yep. anyone else can. Yep. We'll get we'll get someone else for the for the Arsenal fans. All right. Brian, this has been amazing. Thanks so much for chatting Spurs with me. Um, who, do, who do we have up tomorrow? Sacramento? Yep. All Kings right. tomorrow. Can't wait. <laughs>